You are listening to the podcast of Anthem Church in Columbia, Missouri. For more information, visit us online at anthemcolumbia.com. All right, if you, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, my, my daughter was just asking, where are Psalms at? So if you take your Bible and you just kind of open it up in the middle, most likely you'll, you'll be in the Psalms. So Psalm 23, if you have your smartphone, whatever, whatever it is, we're looking at Psalm 23 this morning. My name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors on staff. And, and um, I, I, love, I love this setting, but I also I, I love being able to go through Psalms like this. Because I think that as we look at Psalm 23, especially as I was studying through the past couple weeks, I think there's definitely a challenge when we, when we look at a psalm as familiar as this psalm, right? Everybody knows Psalm 23, almost everybody. Like most people, even if you're one of those people where you're like, oh, I can't memorize scripture. If I say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. Yeah, there you go, right? Like I remember, I, I'm a big superhero movie fan. I remember like the original Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, not these new scrubs, right? But Tobey Maguire, the original and forever Spider-Man. And the original Spider-Man, I remember in one scene in the movie, Aunt May is, is praying beside her bed. Maybe you remember this scene. She's praying beside her bed and all of a sudden Green Goblin comes and he blows up half her house and she's like, deliver me. She's praying through Psalm 23 and she's saying, deliver me. And he's like, finish it. Because even Green Goblin knows Psalm 23. Like a, a, a villain from Spider-Man knows what Psalm 23 says. And, and I think lots of times what we do with a psalm like this is we kind of use it as like it's a, it's a really nice poem, which it is. It's beautiful. But we use it as this really nice poem and, and, and we use it kind of like an incantation. If I say these words and this thing will happen, like like we use Psalm 23 like we're in, when we're in scary situations, like when we're in the inner city or whatever. Like if you're ever on a mission trip and you're like in the inner city and it's like, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. I just saw a rat, you know. I was like, I will fear no evil. And it's like it didn't work. Say it again. Like it's this, it's this incantation or we use it when we, when we feel like, like we don't understand what's going on with our lives. Like there's been times where I've, where I've preached this in funerals and, and it's, it's beautiful and it reminds us of, of deep things. But, but see, here, here's the reality and the question I want us to ask ourselves this morning is, is there is something special when we know the psalm. Like knowing the psalm is, is special, right? It, it means something. There's, there's depth to it. But, but the question this morning that I think we need to ask ourselves is not only do I know the psalm, but do I know the shepherd? Right, because if we, if we only know the psalm, that'll only take us so far. But, but what we see from David, the one who, who wrote this psalm, is that there is something significant when we know the shepherd in the way that David knows the shepherd. There, there's things that come out of that. There's implications when we know the shepherd. And so that's the question I want us to ask ourselves this morning. Do I know the shepherd like David knows the shepherd? Maybe you know the psalm, but the question is, do you, do you know the shepherd? So I want to read this for us. Psalm 23. If you have your Bibles, follow along with me. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. God, I do praise you for this psalm. I praise you for what it represents. And God, I I pray even more than that, that you would help us to walk away from this place knowing you more than when we came in. So give me words to speak. Give us us, uh, attention spans that will last for just a little while this morning and help us to truly know you more. And it's in your name. Amen. Amen. The first thing that we see that David, the, the guy who writes this psalm says, the Lord is my what? shepherd. You guys are on it this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. See, what we know about David, David was who? Do you know? David was a shepherd. I heard some people say that. What What was he when he's writing this, most likely? David's a king, right? He's shepherd turned king. And see, this idea of the Lord being the shepherd, this idea of shepherd, this wasn't a new thing that just came along when David wrote this psalm. This was, this was something that people probably understood and had this concept of. In fact, kings in the Middle East during this time period, they referred to themselves as shepherds. So they understood what it meant. That, like sheep, was, it was part of the economy. And so to have sheep, you have to have shepherds. And, and the illustration was the king of the people, he protected the people. He led the people. He, he, he showed the people where they should go. He cared for their needs. And so as David is writing this and he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd, there's a couple things that David is making really clear off the bat here. Two things. The first one is that the Lord is leading him. He's making it clear that he's saying, look, you guys know what it means for me to be your shepherd, but let me make this clear. There is somebody who is leading me in the same way that I'm trying to lead you. He's, he's putting himself under the shepherding of God because this, this word shepherd in this psalm, it's a, it's a verb, not a noun. And I'm not an English major, but what that means as I look up, shoot, what is a verb and a noun again, Right? A verb is an action, a noun is, it's like the subject, right? It it would be like if I was thinking about Zach this morning, and it would be like if if I said Zach is a hunter, right? That's that's like a title that Zach can can wear because he does that, right? But if I say Zach is hunting, that has different different implications, right? If if I said Zach is hunting, you'd be like, well, no, he's not. He's sitting right there. Like, why is he in church, right? He doesn't have camo. There's, there's certain implications. If I say Zach is hunting, you see what David is saying is the Lord is shepherding. The Lord is my shepherd. This is, this is active. It, it has implications. This is so opposite of like me and the big guy, we're good, you know, that whole kind of mentality. No, David is saying something about what God is actively doing in his life at this moment. Not only is he saying, look, I am being shepherded by God, but he's, he's also making a statement about himself saying, I need to be shepherded. Not only is God my shepherd, but I am a person in need of shepherding. As, as we said, David is a king, but he, first, before that, he was a shepherd. And so he knows what he's talking about when he says, the Lord is my shepherd. There are implications there. That he knows, he, he knows that he is weak and he is timid and he is, he is defenseless. And, and guys, that's what sheep are. And I've seen Facebook videos that would make me maybe second guess that as I watch the goat. Like, I won't go down that path. But, but there, are, there are some things that make me second guess that. But the reality is, is that when you look at sheep, it's like they, they have no self-defense. You put them up against a wolf, sheep loses every time, right? Unless they have a... No, that's pigs. Anyway, sheep loses every time, right? 
And what David is saying is he's saying, I'm in need of that. And I think at times, we, as people who can be so self-efficient, self-reliant, we need to come to the same place that David does as he starts this psalm. And he says, all right, let's be clear. I am being led actively, and I am somebody who needs to be led actively. Because I am in danger. I, I can only go so far. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. See, he, he defines the relationship, and then he unpacks what it means. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not what? I shall not want. What does it mean to want? You guys ever thought, what does it mean to want? Doesn't, like, doesn't want come out of this, this idea or understanding or thought that there's need? Like, doesn't every commercial that you see, doesn't it, doesn't it kind of set up the fact that, oh, you, you are lacking this, or you're too, you know, heavy, or you're too, whatever. I mean, I'm just trying to think of commercials that I've seen. Like, I, I just watched, a, uh, like, there's those new E-Trade commercials out. Have you guys seen those? Where it's like, you like your neighbor. You like your neighbor's pool. You like your neighbor's grilling. You just like it if you've made more money than your neighbor. Have you guys seen those? No, okay, well, it's, I, I think they're super funny because it's what every commercial does is it sets up this need and it says you, you are lacking. If you had this, you would be more, you, you'd be more of whatever. And you guys, we are, we are assaulted by these messages every day. I, I was reading um, on Forbes.com, it says the digital marketing experts estimate that most Americans are exposed to around 4,000 to 10,000 ads each day. 4,000 to 10,000 ads a day. All of them giving us the same message. All of, all of them telling that you are lacking, that you are in need, and if you don't follow what we have, if you don't, if you don't subscribe to what we have, then you will continue to. And it's not just out there. It's in here, too. You feel that? You ever feel that where, like, man, I feel that, I, especially this week. There's times where it's like, man, if I only had more money, if I only had more wisdom, if I only had more education, if I only had more uh, influence, if I only had more what? If, if I only had more of these things. And David says here, he says, I don't want. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. He says, because of this, I can say this. It's not because he says, I have everything that I want, but he says, I have everything I need in the reality that I am actively being led by my God, by my Lord. He is my shepherd. See, I believe that the absence of want is because of the presence of the shepherd, right? Let me say that again. The absence of want is the presence of our shepherd. He goes on, verse 2, says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Let's just stop there. I, I love how he continues to unpack this, and, and, and we know where this is going because most of us know what this psalm says, but right before, let's not go too far past this, where, where before the green pastures and still waters, what does it say? He makes me lie down. I, I have kids, right? I was, I was the youngest in my family. I was the, the youngest child, and, and as a young, youngest child, I, I know what it means to be oppressed, right? Younger siblings, out there, yeah, okay, we've talked about that before, right, uh, I, and, and lots of times, like, with my kids, or with me, like, when, when a, a sentence, or a statement starts out with, with, he makes me, it usually doesn't end with a good spot, like, it doesn't usually end positively, but what we hear, see David saying, he, he says, he makes me, well, whoa, whoa, what's he make you do, David, this doesn't sound 
good. Like, I don't know if I like where this is. He makes me, he makes me lie down on green pastures. It's like, what's the problem there, right? Like, what, that would be like if my kids told you today, oh, I'm just, my dad made me go to Andy's and get a, get a peanut butter Oreo concrete. And it's like, okay, right? So, but, but what does that mean? Like, when, when he says he makes me lie down in green pastures, what, what's the implication there? I, I, uh, this guy named Philip Keller, he was actually a, a shepherd for a few years, and he says this, as long, in this book, A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23, he says, as long as there is even the slightest suspicion of danger from dogs, coyotes, cougars, bears, or other enemies, the sheep stand up ready to flee for their lives. They have little or no means of self-defense. They are helpless, timid, feeble creatures whose only recourse is to run. Isn't that interesting? See, David, as a shepherd, he's saying, he makes me lie down. What's he saying? He's saying, look, not only do I not want because of my relationship with my shepherd, not only, not only do I not want because God is my shepherd, but I am secure enough that I can lay down in places where God is leading me. In these green pastures, in these still waters, he, I, I understand that I can lie down in the midst of uncertainty. I can lie down when it looks like everything else is falling apart. I can lie down. It says he makes me lie down. What that means is that, that he makes me understand that it's okay to lie down in him. Do you see that? And then, and then he says, not only do I lie down in these green pastures, but, but I, he, he leads me beside these still waters. And as I was thinking through that, I kept thinking, well, what are the implications? Like, what's, what are the implications of the nature of the still water? And, I, and I've, heard, I've heard sermons on, on the difference between still water and rapids and all these different things. But as I was thinking through that, I got to thinking, wow, I'm so focused on the nature of the water that, that I forget that it's not about the nature of the water. It's about the nature of the shepherd. Isn't that interesting? We get so focused on, like, I, I thought a lot, like, I was like, well, maybe sheep can't drink from, from running water. And I've heard that before, and it might still be true. I don't really know, but I was looking up Ask Google or whatever, you know, Ask Yahoo. And this one guy's like, here's a picture of a sheep drinking from running water. It's like, well, okay, maybe that's not true then. But, but we run off in these, these rabbit trails, and we think about, like, the green pastures and the still waters and all these different things, and we forget we forget that it's actually about the goodness of the shepherd and the closeness of the shepherd and the fact that the shepherd knows where to lead his sheep. He knows what they need. He knows what they need to sustain them. He knows where, where they're going and he leads them. And it goes on to, to unpack this even for, further. It says he restores my soul, and we can't go past that. But in these, in these green pastures, in these still waters, it says he restores my soul. That, that idea of restore, it actually means to bring back. And, and when you read that word, my soul, I love the, the different translations of it. It could mean breath, or it can mean myself. And to me, I don't know about you, but to me, that is a beautiful picture when it talks about he brings back my breath, myself, my soul, my life. He brings those things back. And I have images of HGTV running through my mind, right? Like Chip and Joanna Gaines. Everybody loves Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? Everybody, the, America loves, like I think ISIS loves Chip and Joanna Gaines. Like everybody, <laughs> like everybody's going to Waco, you know, because of Chip and Joanna Gaines. But, but you, like I was watching the show with my mom. 
because I would never watch HGTV by myself. But I was, I was <laughs> watching, kidding. I was watching with my mom, though. And, uh, you know, they go into this house that everything's, like, torn apart. And, and I mean, it's fine, but it's like, eh, this is that way. And, that's, and they're like, oh, we can break out this wall, and we can add this, and we can, we can bump the kitchen out this way. And they, they start to talk about all these different things. I don't know if, like, you're like me, but I'm like, no way. No way. I know it's Chip and Joanna. They're like Superman, but there's no way that that's going to happen. And yet through the course of the episode, they do it. And it's like this miracle, and the, the house is restored, and they bring it back, and, and all these different things. And as I, as I read this again this, this past week and the past few weeks, as I read, he restores my soul. I think there's a beautiful picture when we think about as, as we follow, as we know God as the shepherd, he brings back ourselves, our life, our breath. He makes something beautiful when, when maybe other people would say there's absolutely no way. I mean, have you ever been in that place where you would say, I've lost myself? Maybe because of something you've gone through or maybe something you've done. It's like, ah, I've lost myself in this. And I love David saying, he brings that back. He brings that back. He, he, he goes on in verse 3, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That, that paths of righteousness, it's this idea of the right paths. And I think there's, there's two different things we can think about. Like it, we can think about like us walking in those right paths. And so we get the implications of that. We kind of get the, the, like if you walk in the right path, you're going to walk into places of, of green pastures and still waters. But the, the other side of that is that we follow a shepherd who knows the right paths. And so we get the implications of following a shepherd who knows what he's doing. The, the right paths, especially if you think about it in the context of Middle East, dry, arid, don't think Missouri, don't think Missouri pastures and, and you know, the, the green, like we were just up in Iowa and every river is full up there, like it's, it's all flooding, so it's like, oh, there's water everywhere. No, that's not, that's not this context, and this context is like, where's water? I don't really know, especially if you were a sheep. What does a sheep know? I don't think anything, like literally. And, and, and it's saying here, he's saying when we understand God, when we know God is our shepherd, that we get the, we get the, the beautiful outcome of knowing and following a God who's leading us in those right paths. And then he goes on to say, for his name's sake. For his name's sake, I think it's interesting that it, that it goes into his name's sake, that, that, that David talks about his name's sake, because I think that we can, we can read these and we can think about it's, it's all about us sometimes, and we get, we get us-centered. But the reality is, I, I don't know how long like, God's grace to me would last if it, was, if, it was, if it was all about how good I could be to God. Like, I've never shepherded sheep before, but I've tried to corral cows before. And, and I don't know what is dumber. Like, I haven't seen any studies, but, but I, I can remember um, as, I, as we were trying to corral cows one time. Um, anybody done this before? Any, like, yeah, I know Stan just did it, like, last week, right? Like, the, like you, we were corralling cows, and it, it never failed. We never had enough people. It was usually me and my grandparents or something, and they were on four-wheelers, and I was walking and you know we're trying to lead all these cows through like 80 acres and different different fields and all these different things and and I remember one time sticks out in my mind these cows were going it was like the last fence they had to get through and they were all in a line they were going the right direction and all of a sudden one just peels off 
And my grandpa goes, Luke, get that cow, right? Because what happens, if one goes off, then all the rest are going to follow. And I just, like, I was probably 10th grade, and I was in my big gun boots, my rubber boots, and I just take off sprinting because I do not want to chase these cows anymore. So I just take off sprinting, trying to head this cow off. And as I'm going full speed, I step in a hole, do a front flip, land on my back, breath goes out of me, and I'm just like, I was, I was so enraged. Like, as, as enraged as a 10th grader can get, like, in high school, if I had a gun, I'd be done. Like, all the cows, we'd have steak, like, just done. But, but see, amen, right? See, if it were me, though, like, the, the reality is it's, like, God is leading us for his name's sake. If it were me, like, how many times would you say, oh, I've been that cow, Right? How many times would you say, oh, I, I feel like God's leading me here, and then all of a sudden, no, how about this way? How about this path? How about this gate? And yet what we see here so often is it's not about how good we can be, but it's about God's goodness to us, and he will continue to shepherd us and lead us and love us. He will continue to bring us back because his name is great, because it makes much of his name, because, because it is about his name and his fame going out to the nations. See, David knows what it means to be a shepherd, and he, he goes on and talking about these right paths, and, and, and we know what's next, right? We know what's next. In verse 4, he says, even though I'm on these right paths, and he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And I think we can read that, and we can, we can just go on and, you know, like go to that incantation part, and, but, but we forget, we, we miss it, and we say, well, hey, wait a second, is David, did David do something wrong? Like he's talking about green pastures and still waters and, and paths of righteousness. And, and, and then all of a sudden that path of righteousness, he's saying, now I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. And I, I think that at times we can say, well, because he's not in, that, that val- in, in those pastures anymore, maybe, maybe he did something wrong. Or maybe God left. Or, or maybe, maybe that's not the right path any longer. See, and I think we need to understand as we look at this psalm, what we need to understand is that the presence of difficulties in our lives does not mean the absence of God. The presence of difficulties in our lives does not mean the absence of God. I believe that it just means that at times as God is shepherding us and leading us and and we have this close relationship to him, at times that path going to those green pastures and those still waters will lead us through some pretty dark places. It doesn't mean that God has denied us. It doesn't mean God has left us. It just means that he's still leading, and our story's not over. Our journey's not over. And do you see that? It's not, it's not the valley of death. What does it say there? The valley of what? The shadow of death. I mean, that can even be translated the valley of the deepest shadows. Like, it's not the valley of death. It's not going in and being like, well, I guess this is where it's over. No, it's, it's the valley of the shadow. It's the valley of the what ifs. Have you guys ever been in that situation, maybe as kids, or maybe it's been your kids where you lay them down at night? And I can remember being a kid, laying down at night, and the lights go off, and you, you have your blankets up to your throat, and you're looking around, and all of a sudden, like, things start to pop out, and you're like, what is that, right? And it's like the, the thing that used to be the shirt hanging over the bed is now like a monster coming to destroy you, Right? Right? Have you ever been there? And it's like, Mom, Mom, right? And you go in and it's like, what, what is it? <laughs> you know, and, and we see all these different shadows, right? And, then, and it's like, what if that's this? What if that could be sickness? What if that could be death? What if that could be my, my job being? What if that could be this? And, and we, we run down these paths where fear takes us. And what, what 
what David says here is in the midst of that what? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not what? I will not fear. Why? Why? For you are with me. Do you, do you see that? I, I love in this, let's not miss this, his language changes. When he's in this really dark place, when, when this, this fear of the what ifs, like his language changes. He was saying, the Lord is my shepherd, talking about God. And now in the midst of these things, he's saying, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. See, the reality is, is that his situations, they, they don't block out the closeness of his shepherd. He, he says there's two things there that really give him comfort. His rod, his staff, the, the rod uh, in, in this day and age, the rod, it was a scepter. It was a, it was a symbol of power that kings would hold. That's what a rod was. And in the hands of a shepherd, not only was this symbolic of power and who had the ultimate authority, but a shepherd could do some damage with this thing. Like they would kill wolves and bears. Like David talked about that in, in uh when he's talking about Goliath, he's like, yeah, I've killed wolves and bears. Goliath's going to be the same thing, right? He's like, he's like, you've got power over my situation. You've got power over my what ifs. Not only does he, does he hold the rod, but he holds the staff. You guys, what does a shepherd's, shepherd's staff look like? Right, Christmas, we have them red and white. Candy canes, right? Like they've got that shepherd's crook on it. You know what that's used for? It's not just, it's not just looks, that's used to pull the sheep in closer. In those dark places, in those dark times, the shepherd uses that staff to pull his sheep in closer. Not only does he do that, but, but I've, I've read other places that the shepherd would use the staff and he would just tap the sheep. And in the darkest places, he would just say, hey, I'm, I'm still here. I've still got you. You're still on the right path. I know there's a lot of questions. I know it can be scary. But do you trust me? Do you trust me in the midst of this? Do you trust me in, in the what ifs? See, David doesn't just stop his psalm in the valley. He goes on in verses 5 and 6. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, he, he looks past the valley. He looks past the valley and he talks about the hope and, and we see the, the, the illustration breaks down here because now he's not talking about a sheep and a shepherd. He's not talking about that relationship anymore. He's talking about a host and a guest. He's saying, the Lord, he, he prepares a table before me. In this, in this day and age, in this context, eating together was extremely significant. It was intimate. It was, it was saying something about your relationship. And we see, it says, David says, he prepares a table before me. See, God is preparing the meal. God is setting the table. And he's saying, David, you sit here in the place of honor so I can show everybody what our relationship is like. As I was going through this, not only does Psalm 23 declare something about God, about our relationship with God, but it's God declaring something about us. And he's saying, hey, you sit in the place of honor. You and I, we have this intimate relationship. And I, I love the guest list. Do you see the, in the presence of my what? Family and friends? No, in the presence of my enemies. What does that mean? Do we ever stop to think about like, that's a weird guest list. Like, why would I want to eat lunch with all my enemies? 
But I think what it means, again, is it's God setting David in the place of honor. And he's saying, hey, hey, everybody, look. Hey, eyes up here. You see David? Yeah, he's mine. He's my guy. You mess with him, you mess with me. All right? Like, parents, you ever, like, your kids bullied before? Like, you ever get that way? And it's like, I'm going to go to the playground. And I'm going to see who this is. And I'm going to walk up to him and say, hey, listen, little Jimmy. You messing with my little girl? You messing with my boy? Like, you see, you see this? Like, kindergartner, you want, you want to mess with me, right? You, you get the implications there? I think God is saying, look, in the presence of all of this, I got you. Right? Trust me. He says, you anoint my head with oil. It's, just, it's the, the presence, the blessing flowing down that this would happen to kings when we say, hey, he's the king. We're, we're lifting him up. It's, it's the symbolic blessing. My cup overflows. It's blessing. David's saying, look, I, I'm going to have blessing. The Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not only do I have hope in that day that is to come, in, in the midst of whatever valley I'm walking through, in the midst of whatever trial, in the midst of whatever, whatever green valley I'm walking through, I can have hope that someday all of this is going to be set right. And I get to stay in the house of the Lord forever because I'm with him right now, because I know him as my shepherd. And the question as we, as we, as we kind of close out today, and we're going to go into to another time of worship, the question that I have for us all as we read through this and as we think through what Psalm 23 means and, and the implications as we see what David says here, the question is, can you say the same? See, all of this, the, the contentedness, the assurance, the hope, security, joy, all of these different things, it's all because of the first five words. The Lord is my what? Shepherd. Can you say that this morning? Or would you say, you know, what my, my life is more about, it's not about assurance. My, I'm, I'm really nervous. I'm fearful. I'm all these different things. Could it be that if that's you this morning, there's a breakdown in your relationship? Maybe, maybe you can't say, I see God as my shepherd. Maybe you see him as your co-pilot, right? Where it's like, Jesus, take the wheel. You know, it's like, if things get really bad, I'll hand it over. Or maybe it's, he's your side project where it's like, I'm, I'm doing my own thing. And, you know, hey, me and God are good, but it, we're, I'm good with him being over there. Or maybe, you know, whatever it is, if he's not your shepherd, then, then you don't get the implications of that. So maybe this morning what you need to do is you need to come to the place that David came to and you need to say, God, I submit my life to you. God, I want you to actively lead me. I want, you to, I, I want to follow you, God. I, in paths of righteousness through this thing I'm going through, God, lead me. But maybe if you're like me, maybe you've done that, but you're in a place this morning where you just need to be reminded of your shepherd. You need to feel that tap. You need to feel that, that shepherd's crook around you as he pulls you in close and says, hey, I got you. Just trust me. He say, it says, for his name's sake. Guys, what would that do if we were more like David, more Psalm 23-like and how we react to tragedy, how we react to uncertainty? What would it look like if we as a group of people were more like David in this Psalm 23 and we say, look, I know I'm going through this, or I know I'm going through that, but I'm lying down in this. I'm, I'm trusting him. I'm, I'm responding to, to uncertainty with assurance because I know that he is more real than my circumstance and my situation right now. What would that do to the name of God throughout this city, 
in, in our spheres of influence, what would that do? That's, that's what I want. This morning, I want to know God in this way. I want to know him more. I want to be able to say like David, the Lord is my shepherd. So as the, as the band comes up, they're going to start playing. And what we're going to do, how we're going to respond this morning is we're going to take communion. And we do this often uh, as a church. But this morning as we do it, I want to challenge you a little bit differently. There's, there's stations set up here. There's, it looks like there's gluten-free on, on both sides. And as we, as we take communion, as, as you take a piece of the bread and as you break it off, which, which represents the body of Christ, which was broken for us, as you take that and as you dip it in the cup, the, the juice, which represents the blood of Christ, which was spilled out, poured out for us on the cross, what I want to challenge you, what I want to ask you is, is the Lord your shepherd? Because we see in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. He says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. See, all these things that we read about God being the shepherd to David, Jesus says, I want to be that for you. So as you take communion, maybe for you it's, it's for the first time saying, God, I want you to lead me. God, I, I want you to shepherd me. I, I, want, like, I don't want you to just be in the co-pilot seat. I want you to be in the driver's seat. And God, I'm, I'm taking my hands off because I can't do it anymore. Maybe that's you, but maybe you just need to use that, that time of communion as a remembrance and say, God, I know that you're good no matter what my situations say. I know that you're good, and I want to follow you in the midst of this. So I'm, I'm going to pray for us, and as the band plays, whenever you're ready, as you pray through that and as you think through that, let's take communion together, and then as we come back, we're, we're going to remain standing and just worship God for for the fact that he is an incredibly good shepherd. God, I, I praise you, Jesus. I praise you that you are a shepherd as we think through this song. God, I just, just thinking through it again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God, there are times this past week especially where I don't know if I could say I shall not want. But as I, as I think about you being my shepherd, I think... I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. God, I know that to be true, even if it doesn't feel like it. You restore my soul. You bring me back. You, you do things in my life that feels impossible, but you, you restore my soul. You, you, you lead me, God. You, you, you are good to me. It's for your name's sake. You lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake, not because, of, not because of the fact that I'm good, but because you are so good. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. God, I want to be able to say that. God, I want to be able to say, no matter what situation I'm in, that you are more real than my situation. Your presence is more real, that you have the power. God, I want to feel that tap of your shepherd's staff on my side again. God, I, I know that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely my, my cup of flows, my, you anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. God, I pray that you would make that real to us this morning. We love you, God. It's in your name. Amen.